0: as the Scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116. Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's Word. Matthew chapter 13. Uh, We've been talking about this parable, going through it. We've gone through these first three. We'll read these first nine verses again as we prepare to... uh, close out this thought on the parable of the sower. Uh, has, has this been a help to anybody? I believe it's been a help to me. The Lord has been speaking to my heart, and uh, I hope that you've let the Lord help you with it. Because I'll tell you this, there's nothing wrong with the word. Amen. I say, well, I just don't think it's all, it's, it's really to me. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's to you. It's to me. We need to hear it. We need to realize, if nothing if nothing else, I hope that after tonight's lesson, we will realize the great importance of going out and sharing the seed of the Word of God with the world. Amen? It is vitally important that we go out into the world and tell others about the Lord. It's very important that we give them God's Word, that we give them the Gospel. Uh, it is vital and necessary, and if nothing else, I hope that we will take with us a renewed A renewed desire, if you will, to go out and sow the seed of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Matthew 13, verse number 1. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. Great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. Because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we sure are thankful today, Lord, for the opportunity to be back in your house tonight. God, I'm thankful, Lord, for you many blessings, God, for bringing us here for every every man, woman, child that's here tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would help this word to be fruitful in our ears. Help us, God, to be hearers today. Help us to be those, in verse 9, God, who have ears to hear and help us, Lord, to receive it to take it with us, Lord, and to apply it. Lord, help it to be fruitful in our hearts. Lord, help us as the Word is teaching here to receive the Word. God, help us to have a heart that's prepared to receive the Word. And let it work in us and make of us what you want us to be. We need you tonight. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So we see here, uh, obviously, we've spoken about the first three scenarios and the soil there, how that they were so different. The first, how that it was a wayside that was an unprepared Hard place that was not meant for seed. Amen. That is representing the heart of a man or a woman who is not ready to receive the word of God. Amen. A hard ground. Amen. A tough spot for a seed to be dropped. Then we spoke about the second one there, that stony ground that was a shallow soil where the the rock uh, layer beneath it uh, was preventing it from having the space it needed to take root and grow. Amen. We spoke about that and how that... That rock prevents that seed from getting the water and the nutrients that it needs. Amen. Then this morning we spoke about the thorny ground and how that the cares of the world and and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts and pleasures of this life will will prevent and choke out the life of growth in the heart of a sinner that needs to be saved. Amen. That people will turn away from God and turn away from the truth because... The chance of being born again, the chance of that that seed having life is choked out in them by the cares of this life. Jesus spoke about it in John chapter 3 when He talked about that light. He said, this is the condemnation that light had come into the world and that men love darkness rather than light. And that darkness is the same thing as those thorns. It is, in a lot of ways, in that lust and those things, it's anything you put over God that men would rather have anything else other than God. Amen. But then we get down to the last one that the Lord gives us here in Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 8. It is uh, reciprocated there in Mark chapter 4 and verse number 8. In Mark 4, 8 said, And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some and hundred. And in the book of Luke chapter 8 and verse number 8 said this, And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So in all three places, uh, we are shown quite clearly that when the seed fell on good ground, it brought forth fruit. Amen. It brought forth fruit. Now, concerning the parable itself, we know that it is distinctly different from the others because the Bible calls it good ground all three times, in all three places, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it says, Other fell on good ground. That is to say, that the soil was good and ready for seed. Amen. It was perfectly prepared. Uh, and we I asked you this morning some if you'd ever grown a garden or if you've ever worked in, in, uh, in any crops or anything like that. When the seed was gone to be planted, there were some things that had to be done beforehand. Amen. Have any of y'all ever used a, a tiller in a garden? Amen. That's, that's good fun work, isn't it? Just trying to hold that thing back and not, you know, die or break something. Amen. Oh, how many of y'all's ever driven a tractor and a plow and, and gone through and, you, you know, the, it's, it's tough work? And I'll tell you what, it was even harder for them back then when they didn't have, you know, John Deere or whatever. They just had oxen and uh, the work of their hands and they had to till up that hard ground and get it ready. And when you talk about good soil, you're talking about soil that has what it needs to grow new life. Amen. It is ready to receive it, it's been broken up completely. It's, there's no semblance of that hardness that might be seen in the wayside that rejected the seed. Uh, there's no large, if there were any big stones and rocks mixed in, they've been taken out. And this good soil is not over top of a rock layer preventing that moisture from coming up. It is good for the growing. Not only that, but if there is a presence of thorns or other choking weeds, they have been removed because this is good ground. Amen. It's not not rocky ground. It's not the thorny ground. It's not the wayside. It is just right for the seed. Amen. Amen. Due to these major differences in these four soils, the outcome in this one is significantly different from the others. And we'll look at some of the ways that is, but what we can see in terms of the physical parable itself is that it springs up and it bears fruit. Amen. I mean, it really is that simple. Putting that seed in a place that is a good soil that is prepared for the seed causes it to spring up with life and then to go on and to produce fruit. That is the parable that the Lord has given the image of this seed that is growing and doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing and going on, amen, and to continue to grow and to produce fruit and to do more and to do more. But let's look at the purpose of this this part of the parable, right? This last portion, uh, as the Lord is going to begin to expound on what exactly He's trying to say about this. Matthew chapter 13, verse 23. He that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it. Which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Mark chapter four, verse twenty. These are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, some hundred. Luke eight, fifteen. But that on the good ground are they which, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it. And bring forth fruit with patience. Amen. So it is quite clear that the Lord is giving another distinction here, and that is that in all three of these places, not only did they hear the Word, but they truly received the Word. Amen. These others that maybe had some semblance of it, they heard the Word, they all heard the Word, but not everybody was truly a doer of the Word. Amen. Amen. Let's look at the preparation of the soil. The soil itself is not... Let me me say this clearly. The soil, if we're we're saying that the soil is the hearts of men, which is what we've been saying, right? It's us. It's the heart of the field that needs to be sown. It's the hearts of men. Because that's where the Word is sown, in our hearts, right? We know that the soil in itself is not inherently good. In fact, the Bible says that the heart is... Deceitful, above all things, it's desperately wicked, who can know it? So we know that if we're talking about the soil as being the fertile hearts of men ready to receive the Word, the hearts of men are not good inherently. So it's not this good soil because it has some great quality in itself, but rather that it has been prepared to receive what it needs to produce life. Amen. It's just ground. Amen. It's just dirt, if you will. It's just dirt, but this dirt is ready for the seed. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, we read it this morning, that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness in him, neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. And in that we understand that man's heart in itself can't receive the things of God, that it takes a work of the Spirit. Amen. And that work of the Spirit comes in the receiving of the seed of the Word of God. That when we receive the seed of the Word of God, and we are saved, that what happens is a supernatural indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And when that Holy Spirit gets involved, well, now everything's a little bit different. Now you can understand spiritual things. Now when the preacher gets up and preaches, you can receive it with gladness even when it's hard because you're no longer a natural man. Now you're a Christian. Now you've been saved. And since you've been saved, you can now receive spiritual things. Amen the preparation of the soil, it is prepared in a spiritual work. We talked about this, uh, I believe, last Sunday, how that a man cannot receive God and cannot be saved unless God draws him first. Amen. That it is God who draws our hearts to Him. That is a preparing work of the Holy Spirit. It is a preparing work of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Ghost is literally preparing men and women's hearts to receive the gospel. Amen. Not just everybody in the world is ready right now to receive the gospel. Now we need to take it to them and we are asking God to use that and to prepare them and the Spirit to draw them. But not everybody in the world is ready to get saved right now. Amen. Not every soil is, is good and ready for the growth, but the, we've still got to take the seed out to them. Amen. The fact is that if we will take the seed and we will go, as Paul said, if, if we will plant, and we will water And God, with His Holy Spirit, will till that soil, amen, and work that ground and get them ready that a supernatural work can be done. And the Word of God prepares the heart, the Spirit of God prepares the heart, and then finally the seed falls into the prepared ground and sprouts up to bring forth fruit. Now I do want to mention something in passing, because I have heard it used as as a sort of uh, defense, I guess you could say, uh, for a Calvinistic viewpoint that God, uh, when He is speaking of the good ground, He is referring to only the elect who can receive the seed and the Spirit of God, and that anyone who is not a part of the elect will never be, anyth- and will never be good ground. That's not what He's saying. Amen. He's saying one has been prepared and is ready and the other is not. Amen. So we see here. You might say, "Well, you know, this is good." Well, let me give you a little bit of a practical application to this. This is from John Butler in his in his commentary on this passage. He said this. He said, "Unprepared soil is unproductive soil," and he begins to expound on even we as Christians, after we have been saved, that we still need to be preparing our hearts to receive the word of God. And I believe that is a great practical application. Now, in the passage, I believe the Lord Jesus is specifically talking about uh, sowing the seed of the gospel for salvation, right? The word of God and whether there is life. These have life. Amen? They're producing fruit. Can you all see that? Amen. They're producing fruit. If they're producing fruit, then they have life. But did you know that even you and I, that if you've been saved, you produce fruit, period. That's just the way that it is. The Bible teaches that if you've been saved, you produce fruit. A good tree brings forth good fruit. Amen. That's, that's, that's straight out of the, the Lord's mouth. That's the way things are. But just because you have produced good fruit does not mean you will always continue to do so. You can stop. You can dry up, wither up as a Christian. And one of the easiest ways for you to die spiritually is to reject the Word of God. Amen. Amen. And that's what John Butler says here. He says, Unprepared soil is unproductive soil. He said this, Farmers illustrate the necessity of preparing soil by the way they prepare their fields in the spring before planting them. Not only is plowing and disking a form of uh, preparation, but so is the spraying of weed killer and the adding of such nutrients as ammonia and other fertilizers. We need to prepare our hearts for the reception of the Word if we want to produce fruit. And I say, Amen. Amen. We're, we've seen the, prepare, the preparation of the soil. Let's look at the position of the heart. Because as I said, as we look at these things, we look at the soil, we're often, without even maybe expressly saying it, we're speaking about the hearts of men. Is this man's heart ready to receive the Word of God? Is it ready? Well, in this passage, we've read this good ground is an example of a man who is ready who hears it, receives it, keeps it, and then goes on and produces fruit. So what's different about it? Well, this heart, this person, this soil is perceptive. Here's what He said there in Matthew 13, 23. He said this, He said, He heareth the Word and understandeth it. Amen. They hear it and understand it. For those of us who've been saved, we should also perceive the Word of God. Amen. Amen. When a preacher preaches in church and you're there and the Word of God is given, you should hear it and understand it. Now, I know sometimes certain topics and certain things in the Bible, you get to talking about like eschatology and you get to looking at uh, you know, the prophecies and everything, and some things that people are like, well, you know, I just have so much trouble understanding this or understanding that. And that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the Word coming to you if you are saved, even the things that are difficult to understand can be brought to an understanding in you through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Not everything's easy to get just like that. But if you've got a heart that is prepared to receive it, then when you hear it, you will eventually understand it. And you will apply yourself to it. And you will go to it. I was talking about uh, that, that quote there from, from John Butler about a prepared, an unprepared soil is unproductive soil and that we need to prepare our hearts. Did you know a great way to prepare your heart to receive and understand the Word of God is to pray before you study. Uh, In particular, I I, I don't know how many different men I've I've read after or heard preacher talk, and uh, so many times it's recommended the same verse that I've heard a lot of preachers, they pray this verse before they read their Bible or before they do any study. And that verse is Psalm 119.18. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Amen. Just as I believe the Lord loves it when we sing his word, I think he loves it when we pray those prayers David wrote out songs in the Psalms. Amen. And what what a thing to pray God's word back to him. Lord, just as David prayed, let me pray, and let me submit this to you, just as these authors of the Bible prayed, and you know, uh, where, where David said, search me, O God, and and the book of Lamentations, so many things that were said. You might take those things and, and with the same heart say, God, reveal things to me out of your word. Amen. Amen. When you go to church, something you ought to pray is, God, speak to me in the service. Amen. Now, have you ever gone to church and said, Lord, I could really use a touch tonight. I could use a blessing. Would you let your breath breathe through this place? Amen. And you ought to pray that sometime. you will be shocked what God might do. Amen. But just as we might pray for a blessing, we should pray that God will help us to get something out of Sunday school. I know that's that's crazy thinking, right? Out of Sunday school, out of, out of the preaching, out of the singing. God, anything you want me to hear and receive today, God, speak to me. Show it to me. Reveal to me things from your wondrous Word. and, and, and Whatever the preacher's going to preach today, God, I, help me that I receive it, that I learn it, that I understand it. Because... A heart that is good ground is a heart that is not only prepared, but it's perceptive. That you can hear and receive the Word of God, and we receive it with gladness, even when it stings. If preaching don't ever sting you, you ain't listening. Amen? Because I'm doing the preaching, I'll tell you, it eats me alive sometimes. I come in here sometime on a Sunday morning or, or whatever it may be, and and before church, you know, talking to people and trying, trying to be friendly, and in my mind, I'm just eat up with the message. And it's like it's, it's, like it's on me, so strong. You ever experienced that, Brother Tim? You feel like you can't just be yourself because you're so laden down with a burdenous thought from the Word of God because it is, it's working you over. And the only thing that's going to help is getting it out, and then you can deal with it and they can deal with it. Sometimes that's what the Word of God's like. It's sharp, powerful to the cutting asunder of bone and marrow, soul and spirit, body. That's that's sharp. But we need to receive it. We don't just need to hear it and then say, oh, I'm glad that's over, man. It's time for lunch. Let's go. No, no, no. No, you need to pray, God, help me to hear it and receive it. It's good. It's good for you. Amen. Amen. Not only is this heart perceptive, it's pure. Luke described it like this. He said it was an honest and good heart. Amen? An honest and good heart. One that is ready and pure and received. You know, you know what that tells me? Because he is giving, I believe, a contrast to the thorny ground, which is a ground that is corrupted by all the things that are not supposed to be there. Amen? Those thorns all growing up in there and the roots of those thorns getting in the way. You know, none of that's going on. It's a pure, clean ground that is ready for the Word of God. It's a pure, honest, and good heart. The problem... Uh, like I said, with a thorny, is that corruption, and due to the overwhelming presence of things in the world, it chokes out the seed. But in this particular case, it's not like that. This ground is clean and ready. There's nothing there that's, that's keeping the word out. There's nothing there that's, that's preventing it from being effective. It's exactly what it needs to be. It's pure, and it's clean, and it's keeping out the corruption of this world. It's like Paul told Titus there in Titus 2.12 teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You want to have a heart that is ready to receive the Word of God? Live for God. Now we're talking about some practical truths for us as Christians. Because, if, because let me tell you something. That seed did not grow a hundredfold in one day. That's why Luke, I believe it was, it said it took patience. That's the that's, that's another thing we'll talk about here in just a second. But the fact of the matter is this. It takes time to produce fruit. I've seen people pray over one, one fruit that they wanted to see God bring for years. Months, years, decades. One lost soul they've been trying to reach and trying to reach and trying to reach. And, man, it just ain't working. And, God, I'm praying, Lord... Will you please use me to reach them, God? Please, I'm pleased. Will you help me to go and to bear forth fruit? And, and fruit is more than just bringing in sinners, but I believe that's a big part of it. Well, there's the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of, of living righteously and, and showing forth God through good works. Amen. But the fact is that if we are going to live for God and we're going to receive the Word of God and we're going to do what God wants us to do and we're going to produce fruit, we're going to need some pure hearts, and pure souls. It's persistent. Luke 18, 15 said this, They, which in an honest and good heart, which we just read, having heard the word, keep it. They keep it. You know what was interesting about this one versus the other three? All the other three quit and were gone. Those by the wayside, those in the stony ground, and those in the thorny ground, they were all removed. They didn't keep it. Did they hear the Word of God? Yeah. In fact, at one point, they might have even said they agree with it. But for one, the devil came and snatched it away so quick immediately. Maybe that wayside didn't really have a chance. But then with the next one, with those in the stony ground, they at least looked like maybe they were going to be good. But then when the sun came, whoa, no, no, I can't handle that. And they ran. And then in the thorny ground, it was choked out by all those other things. But in the good ground, they keep the Word. They don't just hear it. They don't just receive it, but they receive it and keep it. They're persistent. They're faithful. Amen? Good ground is faithful ground. It sticks around. It sticks with it. It's like John told them there, or the Lord told them in John chapter 8, verse 31, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed we ought all be continuing in His Word. In the study of His Word, yes, and in reading His Word, but also in receiving and keeping it. That you don't come in here, you hear what's preached or what's taught or, or you sit down and read your Bible, oh man, that's really good. And then you get up and you go on and you forget about it and you do the opposite and you don't even, you never even take a moment to consider. No, when the preacher gets up and preaches that message that plows right down your row or lifts you up when you're in a, in a low estate or, or does whatever it is that God is wanting to do in your heart, take that and keep it. And the next time that temptation comes along, To go down that sin, go, well, the the Bible said this, and I'm hiding that in my heart, and I'm going to keep it. Amen. I'm going to stay pure and clean, and and I'm going to do what's right. Amen. Amen. That's good soil. It's persistent. It's patient. Luke 18, 15 said this. It said, bring bring forth fruit with patience. We want to bring forth the fruit a lot of time. I believe part of the reason people fall out on these things, and, and they become inconsistent, and they stop producing fruit, is because they're impatient. Amen? They're impatient. Hebrews 10, 35 said this, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You need patience. Let patience have her perfect work. You need it. Because here's the thing, sometimes you're going to be looking for a certain fruit. You want to see God... You want to see God save this individual. You want to see God grow this, this ministry. You want to see God do a work here or do a work there, and it just ain't happening fast enough to suit you. Amen? If I could, I'd snap my fingers, and in two weeks, every seat in this pew on Sunday night would be full. Amen? If I could, every, everyone who comes uh, to this church who's lost, if I could, I'd snap my fingers and every one of them would be saved. If I could... If I could, all, all, all my friends and, and family members who, who aren't in church, who, who strayed from the Lord, if I could, I'd, if I could genie-wish them, but I can't. The only thing I can do is continue and keep His Word and keep trying to bear fruit. And keep trying to stay pure for God. Amen. I, I believe in staying pure for God. Tr- keep trying to have good works and And keep trying to do what's right and keep going and and planning and watering and planning and watering and staying faithful and keep going and be persistent and patient. That tomorrow, when nothing changes, that I'll just stick with it. And then in a week when nothing changes, don't let my confidence waver. And that's what he said, he said, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. And that's what happens. You'll come in here and we'll come to a service and a preacher will get up and man, the Lord will move and God draws you. And you need to reach your family. You need to reach this one. Okay, amen. I'm going to go to them. I'm going to call them tomorrow. And you get up and you go and you call them. And they reject you. It's like Brother Scott yesterday had somebody just yell, no, when he tried, when he come to their door. Amen. Not even a no, thank you. Amen. Just no. Well, you know what? We're not going to just make sure we never go by that door again. I don't even remember what door that was. You might. Send me to that side next time so I can knock. Because I'm just going to be persistent. Because the fruit may not come tomorrow. I mean, I don't know how many, how many doors we knocked on, how many conversations we had yesterday, but we didn't have anybody show up for church today. But you know what? Here in a couple of weeks, we go back out, go by some of them same places and see those same faces again. Maybe the next time they will come. Maybe the next time they will come. Don't cast your confidence out. Well, you know what? It just ain't going to happen. You just can't reach people like that. You just can't. Really? You can spend the rest of your life fruitless. And one of the best ways to do it is to reject the Word of God and to cast away your confidence. God's a big God. He saved you. Say, so, well, yeah, I was raised in church. Okay, He saved your, your, your mom or your dad, or your grandparents who weren't, or your great-grandparents who weren't. It had to start somewhere. Amen. I don't think anybody here's got a lineage back to John the Baptist. If you do, you can tell me after church. Had to start somewhere. My heritage, it's not great. I'll just tell you, there's some pretty iffy things in my heritage. But God, because he's faithful, and somebody tried to bear fruit, one day my mom's dad, and another deacon from a church down the road, knocked on the door of my dad's parents' house and invited them to church. And because of that, and their faithfulness, and them not throwing out their not throwing out their their confidence, and they stuck with it because of that. Now my parents are saved, all their children are saved, my aunts and uncles, all there, they're all saved in church. Amen. You know why? You know why my, my grandmother and my grandfather, who was an alcoholic most of my young life, you know why they raised three preachers as children? Because of somebody not casting out their confidence and with patience, continuing to plant and water and plant and water and wait for the fruit. Sometimes it just takes patience. Fruit bearing always requires patience. They had patience, and some brought forth 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. Let's look at the production of the seed, and we'll be done. And that's it. If you look here, there are different quantities that are outlined in this verse, in all these verses, in these, three, in these three chapters here in the Gospels. And it says that some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So there are different quantities, but they all produce the same quality of fruit. Did you notice that the Lord does not say one did better than the other? It's just a fact. Some places and some people, the fruit that they end up bringing forward is more uh, numerous than in others. But do you know who has no, no control, really, over the quantity? It's me. Because it's God who gives the increase. 1 Corinthians 3.6, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. The reward comes from the labor. You see that? The reward comes from me being faithful. The reward does not come because I was equally as faithful as he was, and he brought 100, and I brought 60, so he gets a bigger reward. The reward is because I labored. Amen. There's some out there who have labored and given so much more of their time and their life and their effort and followed God and poured their life into it and have brought forth way fewer converts than some who maybe worked half as hard. Because in that place, God gave more increase. And it's not because one is better and one is worse, it's just because it's God who gives the increase. It's God. He's the one that determines those things. He's the one that determines the quantity. But the quality of fruit is determined by the sincerity of heart and the patience and the preparation and the soil working the way that's supposed to be worked and the seed going out the way it's supposed to be going out. And that's the way that it is. Here's what Paul said in the rest of that chapter in 1 Corinthians 3. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man will build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. You'll notice there that the work is not tried by the quantity of fruit that's produced. It's tried by the quality of the work. Amen. It says it right there. What sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Here's what we need to understand about this production. God desires to produce fruit. He does. And when a person is lost... And the soil has been prepared and God has prepared them to receive that seed. If we will take the seed to them, there are some who will receive it quickly. There are others who will take time going back and going back and going back. Walking before them, as Jesus said there in Matthew chapter 5, that we let our light show shine, so shine before men as our good works. Amen. You go to work and you talk to that friend and you've been trying to reach. You talk to that family member you've been trying to reach and you just can't reach them, you just can't reach them, but you just keep, doing right amen you keep living right before them you read your Bible, you act like a Christian you show them the love of Christ amen and through your good works that light will shine and maybe that's what it'll take and God will use you to prepare their soil so he can give the increase. It's a good work but even right here in this church right here, save people your heart, needs to be ready to hear, receive, and keep the Word of God. Amen. And I'll be honest with you, I can can do all I can to study, to pray, and prepare to come in here and preach. Amen. I, I, I I can fast and pray and I can get myself ready. I can come in here and I can bring you the very best that God will give me to bring you and preach till my throat comes out. But if no one in the house comes with a prepared heart to receive it, it's not going to be fruitful in you. I appreciate, I appreciate everyone that's here. I'm not don't think for a second I don't. I appreciate you being here. You know, they say be instant, in season and out of season, but it's not fun preaching to an empty auditorium. We did it, we did a lot more last year than it's probably ever been done, I'd say, during COVID. Everybody, it's not fun, which it's not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily have to be fun. But here's the fact. When you come, come ready to hear the Word of God. And not just to hear it. Well, I'll come in, I'll take up an hour of my time, and then finally I'll get to go home. Why are you coming? Amen. I'll tell you what, I'm not here because I really like the sound of my voice. There's other things I could be doing. I'm here because I believe in the work And I believe in the Word. And I believe that it's powerful. Not only do I believe it's powerful, I believe it's true. Do you? Do you believe it's true? Sometimes when I go see my doctor, I wonder, does she know what she's talking about? (laughs) Sometimes she says some things, and I'm like, you really studied that? You know? But when I read that Word, I don't ever wonder Is that right? Can I trust that? Because I decided a long time ago, the only thing I can trust is this. More than anything, I trust it more than the weatherman. I trust it more than our government. I trust it more than the news. I trust it more than my favorite, amen, my favorite newscaster or, or my favorite blogger. I trust it more than the teachers. I trust it more than anything. And I, I need, I don't just want, I need my heart to receive it. And when it's hard, and when I read it and it hurts me, sometimes it hurts. When I read it and it hurts me, I don't ever want the Word of God to bounce off me. I want to receive it. I want to receive it, and I want it to grow in me and to make in me and use me to produce more fruit. and If God only wants to give me 30-fold, amen. God, you give me that 30-fold. If God wants to use me to do 60 or He wants to use me for 100, or whatever He wants, if He wants to use me for one, I want whatever God wants for me. And the only way I'm going to have that is if I have a heart that is patient and persistent and prepared for the Word of God. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon. and We hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord.